All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023 here. Big shout out to my man Jordan picking up the Office Hour streams uh, Thursday, Friday, and Monday. I was out on vacation, and I uh, really appreciate him stepping in and answering all your guys' questions. Hope you guys enjoyed having him back. He is the original Office Hours host here, so I'm sure plenty of people who have been around a while were happy to hear from Jordan and be able to chop it up with him for a couple days here. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at Saber Sims, the show where we go over how to use the Saber Sim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First way, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat here. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. We'll get to all the questions before the end of the show, as always. And if you're not in our Discord and want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video here. You get access to our similar channels, get access to our release notes, get access to our individual sport channels, get access to other members of the Saversome team. Aside from myself here, we're always in there all day trying to help users in each and every channel for each and every sport. So can't say enough good things about the Discord. But with that being said... Uh, going to get the app pulled up here. Before I do that, as always, want to remind you guys, you know, week uh, three NFL DFS is officially over here. So moving on to week four here. But if you guys aren't signed up yet, make sure you sign up for the weekly match challenge. It is our promotion giveaway we do during the NFL season here. All you have to do, a couple simple things, upload SaberSim logo as your avatar on DraftKings, fill out this short form so we can get your info to send you guys uh, rewards here. And then max out one of the DraftKings mini max contests on the NFL Sunday main slate. And then you'll be eligible for all these weekly prizes as well as the season long prizes here. So it's still a 10 week option, still live. Saber Sim Nike duffel bag, free month of ultimate along with the weekly prizes. So if you're not signed up, the link to this page is in the description of this video. But can you get Saber Sim pulled up? Uh, don't know where you guys left off yesterday, so just going to start with the questions that came in today. So it looks like first question here should be a, a quick one. Came in from Init to Binkit, and Init to Binkit asked, "Will Saberson be supporting college basketball?" So frankly, I'm not 100 sure, but I do know that of all the college sports that we wanted to support, college football was number one, was first. So now that we have college football now that those sims are up and running uh now that that model's up and running that kind of opens the gates for other sports to to uh you know be next in line here so i wouldn't be surprised if college basketball is one of those sports i don't know for sure what i can do is i can take it back to the team as a feature request let the team know that hey people are asking for college sims here and then we should uh be able to go from there all right uh one more question here from Innocent Binkit. So I I think this one actually uh, got got released a little early here, a little teased a little early. But this one says, "Can you provide more details on the twenty nine dollar custom videos?" So this is something that is in the works. I think you saw this by accident here. Uh, but basically, we are working on on a new product here for you guys to where you can give us details about your process, about uh, things that you have questions on, and we can uh, you know myself, Jordan specifically here can get back to you with what we are going to be calling like a game plan or something to help you uh, in your DFS progression in your DFS journey. That feature is still very much in the works here. So, which is why I think you saw it by accident, but more details to come when that product goes live here. All right. 
Next question here from 12 Pack Abs. And really quickly, let me just do something real quick. All right. So if you guys if you guys were here last week, um, I ended up having some PC issues, which kind of worked out with me with me going away here. Uh, I think I've figured those out, but still in the works here. So streaming off my laptop for today. If you guys have any issues, if you guys see any issues with the stream, just let me know. But I think everything should work out uh, pretty fine here. But next question: Were the ownership contest pools built with the default sliders for the respective contest type? Okay, great question. So. Really, the question is asking, hey, you know, when you go to contest sim settings or even ownership projections, right? If we go to ownership and then we, we see all the different ownership buckets. So these are different sets of 5,000 lineups and then the exposures from those become the ownership projections for each individual bucket. So if I am looking at the highest owned players uh, for a low stakes single entry per se, right? So if I go to low stakes single entry. I see that Zach Wheeler is in 37% of is, is 37% owned. So I mean that his exposure in that ownership build for low stakes single entry was 37%, right? But then if I go to high stakes single entry, now Zach Wheeler is 45% owned. So that means that his exposure in this ownership build is 45%, right? So all this to say that the ownership projections are coming from actual lineups being created, right? And then this question says, hey, the ownership contests, you know, how are those built per se here, right? And I don't know all the ins and outs of this, but I do know like the gist of it. So we're basically putting in certain uh, criteria that we think the field is going to do like, hey, you know, the field is going to stack, you know, this percentage of the time. Uh, the field is going to use, you know, certain, certain, uh, just certain stack types, certain ideas here, uh, valuing point per dollar a lot, right? So we still are using sim diversity. We're not just using our optimizer mode. We still are using our sim mode, but we're doing our absolute best here to reflect how different contest types are going to play, right? And the higher stakes the, the contest, usually the sharper those fields are, right? Uh, usually the more ownership that the best plays kind of get. So that's why you see this difference with Zach Wheeler as an example here, right? So with, with all 13 buckets, I think that, you know, there are different inputs to each one. So I can't say for sure. Um, that's something more like the models team handles. But what I can tell you is that a lot of work is going into this. And the great thing is that it is automated, right? So when news comes out and something happens, it's going to update all 13 buckets all, all at the same time here. So um, not sure if like, I, I'm, I'm positive that we're not using the default sliders. We're using very specific sliders, uh, usually very high sim diversity. I don't know how the correlation is affected, but we are handling them like on a bucket by bucket basis. And these are all back tested and the team is uh, very aware of how they are performing. All right, next question here from Kevlar. Question says, when filtering lineups by player, stack, team, et cetera, is there a way to clear all filters at once? Thanks. Okay, great question. So there actually isn't. Um, this is something that we used to have in the app here. So like say you would have, you know, I want to look at 
lineups that have Zach Wheeler. And then I want to jump over to another tab, like maybe team stacks here. And then I also want to look at Philly, right? So like maybe I don't want to play Zach Wheeler with a Philly stack. Uh, for whatever reason, right? There used to be a way to like show you like uh, you could click a button and be like, hey, you know, you have five filters active and it would just highlight those for you. That has not made its way back into the app yet. So if you are doing that, you kind of have to remember what you filter. It's like, okay, if I turn off my Philly, well, now I have to remember to go back to players and then also turn off Zach Wheeler here. Uh, so, so that's one thing that the team is working on. I, I'm positive that that is in the works to give you like a summary of how many filters that you have active. And then just another question kind of along those lines. Uh, we had another question come in uh, from support today that I answered that I just wanted to mention in regards to this. It said, hey, how do you trash filter lineups? So like say, maybe I don't want to play Zach Wheeler, right? So I'm going to filter for Zach Wheeler. And then I'm going to come in here and like, hey, how do I get rid of these lineups with him in it? What you do is you go to my lineups, you right click on it, and then you click this trash all from my lineups. And that will get rid of all the lineups with Zach Wheeler in it here. Uh, there is one like catch to this is that there are still 1,948 lineups of our 5,000 here with him in it. And then these lineups can be pushed back into the pool here. So what is coming in the near future is not only will you be able to trash from my lineups, but like, let's say I filter for Zach Wheeler, you'll also be able to right click on pool and then, uh, which you guys can't see here. So if I, if I close that, you'll be able to right click on the pool and then trash all from the pool as well. But um, in the meantime, what I would suggest doing, if you wanted to do that is just go to my lineups, set the number of my lineups to the same number as your pool here. And then when you filter for Zach Wheeler, you're going to see all of those lineups, the whole 1,948, and then you can just trash them all at once here, and then it will get rid of all those lineups. You undo your filter, and then you reset your uh, lineups to however many you want, say 20, and then now those other lineups are in the trash here, which you can see when I remove the question, you can see this 1,968 in the trash. So that is how you do that. I uh, definitely wanted to call that out for people not aware of that feature or not aware of that workaround in the meantime. All right, next question. Should I be locked? Should I be looking at the pool percent post Sims as a way to judge who is over owned slash under owned and make some decisions from there? I'm trying to figure out ways. I can add value to the post build. Thanks. Okay, good question here. Uh, so this is more along the lines of what we would call like a research build here. It's something that we uh, usually talk about a lot here, right? Basically run a build. Uh, what I would always suggest doing is running, increasing your sim diversity to nine and either turning correlation off or turning correlation down. And the reason for that is what your correlation slider is doing. It is looking at the players who did well in your set of Sims when we go to building lineup. And then it is looking at the players who are most correlated to those plays. And it is inflating their projection to basically increase the stacking of your lineup. So if you notice that Saber Sim is going to give you a lot of stacks by itself without any rules, without any groups. Well, how is it doing that, right? We are doing that with the correlation slider here. So what we use is what we call upside correlation. Basically, if you click on any individual player, like uh, batters specifically here are probably the best example. So Corbin Carroll, right? I'm going to see that he, uh, his correlation values to all the other players are mostly to all these other Arizona players, right? Well, 
I don't really care. This is average correlation, right? Well, I don't really care. You know, Corbin Carroll's most likely outcome is zero points 32% of the time. I don't care how well the other players do in those Sims. I don't care how Cattell Marte does, Tommy Pham does, because Carroll's not going to get into the lineups when he has those outcomes, right? But how is Carroll doing when he has these very high upside outcomes, when he is scoring 20 points, 30 points, right? How does he correlate to the other players in this lineup then? And those are the correlations that we are zoning in on when we are actually building your lineups. And then the players that he is most correlated with at those upside outcomes are going to get a projection boost. And then that's going to increase the natural stacks that you see in your lineups, right? So turning that effect down to see how these players do in a more raw format here and, and how they do kind of by themselves or how teams do without that extra added boost here is how I like to run these research builds. So I think it's fine running it at zero correlation. Uh, I usually just do like a modified. So instead of six, I just cut that in half to like three. And then from there, right? Um, normally I'm looking at two things. I'm looking at pitchers and I'm looking at team stacks, right? And I think team stacks is probably the best place to spend your time here as opposed to individual batters. But from here, I'm not just using the all stacks tab. I'm really using all of these five stacks, four stacks, three stacks, et cetera, right? I want to see that, you know, maybe Milwaukee is my most exposed or I'm sorry, uh, Arizona is my most exposed team in a pool percentage in all stacks. But hey, maybe, you know, most of that is coming from two stacks and it's throwing me off a little bit, right? Uh, maybe Philly is a much better five stack, but Arizona is just showing up so much more because their two stack percentage is so high, right? So looking at those small distinctions and figuring out which team is better as like a primary stack versus which team is better as a secondary stack, I think you can find some information there. And then also coming in here and then looking at the pitchers up uh, from here, I'd probably just sort by leverage, right? So go to pitchers, scroll, scroll over to exposure pool leverage here, and then you can just sort by leverage and then it'll basically show you um i'm sorry so one other thing you have to do here is increase the number of my lineups to the pool so whatever's in your pool so i have 38 3084 in my pool right now um i should actually just undo these lineups with zach wheeler so we can get these lineups back here so then now i'm going to change my number of my lineups to 5000 here and the reason for that is because the leverage column looks at however many lineups are in my lineups here. So if you want to know the actual pool leverage here, just adjust your number of my lineups accordingly. And then now I can see here that, hey, um, my best leverage plays are Brandon Fat, Jordan Montgomery here. And then if I inversely sort by leverage, well, we have a little, a small negative leverage on Zach Wheeler, a small negative leverage on Pablo Lopez and Kevin Gosman. Um, you know, this information, I mean, I'm usually looking for something in like the five to 10% range here, but it's also kind of relative like to their ownership here. So Zach Wheeler at negative 6% leverage here, uh, you know, still a very high chance of being optimal at about 40% here. So nothing too actionable there, but I, I'm thinking that, you know, some of these plays, the fat in Montgomery plays are kind of interesting, right? You get some low owned pitchers here and you could probably um, work them in and, and get some salary relief as well with them being a little lower salary here overall. But, but that is how I would use it. And then this is how I would draw conclusions from that build that we, that we run. All right. Next question here from black Mamba. Uh, see questions rolling in, in the YouTube chat here, guys. 
And just want to let you know that we're working through the questions in the Office Hours channel first, and then we will be jumping over to the YouTube chat. So we'll make sure to get to all the questions before the end of the show. Appreciate your guys' patience. All right. Black Mamba said, if I do a test build, and a test build really likes a player, for example, Javante Williams or Miles Sanders, but I want to sit these players, should I uncheck them and do another build? For my master build, I tried capping the exposure to 5% or to uncheck them, but I got exposure errors. Uh, and then there's a second question here, but let's start with this first one. So, hey, you know, I'm getting a lot of exposure to Javante Williams. I'm getting a lot of exposure to Miles Sanders, but I really do not want to play these guys, right? What should I do? So really, there's two things here. First thing I would always suggest to you guys is to ask yourself why I do not want to play this player. And just like be really honest with yourself and determine, you know, is the reason I don't want to play this player a strong reason or is it a weak reason, right? And if it is like, oh, you know, I just haven't had luck with Miles Sanders. Well, I would highly encourage you to, uh, you know, maybe consider that a weaker reason for not wanting to play him and and maybe meet Sabersim halfway, right? So one thing that you can always do here is just play the player at their expected ownership. So leverage works, you know, for, is like an absolute value, right? So if the player's exposure, if the player's ownership is 30% and you just don't like that player, but Sabersim really does, probably the best thing that you could do is just match the ownership and your exposure. That way, if the player does good, then you have on average the same amount of shares of that player as everybody else in your contest. And second part would be that if that player does really good, well, now, you know, the amount of lineups that you have live are, is at the same rate as other players in your contest, right? So matching exposure to ownership is the best middle thing you can do when you're very unsure, when you're very conflicted, is just match exposure to ownership, get leverage elsewhere, right? So that's part one. And then part two here is like, hey, you know, I, I know I don't want to play this player. Maybe I have really good reasons for that, right? Well, then what I would suggest doing is just unchecking the player here and then just rebuilding your lineup. So I'm going to uncheck him. I'm going to hit apply here. So the uh, exposure exposures are going to be applied here. I'm just going to change the number of my lineups. And then from there, what I can do is I can just use the rebuild lineups button. And then this next set of lineups that are generated are going to include 0% of that player since he's not even in our available player pool now. So if you know you don't want to play him, just uncheck him, rebuild your lineups. Um, if after, you know, deciding if that is what you really want to do or not. But um, I think that, you know, just remembering that matching exposure to ownership is the most neutral thing that you can do on a given slate is just something to keep in mind here. All right. Question two was, uh, where's question two? Second question. If my test build, for example, play a in a pool of 300 lineups and player B in a pool of 50 lineups, is that indication to go with player a versus player B? Um, so also here, I think it depends on the ownership, right? So maybe you have 300 out of 500 lineups with a player, but, they're expected to be 80% owned, right? Well, now you have negative 20% leverage on that play. So looking at these things, you know, relative to them specifically here is going to be your best indication. And looking at these exposure pool and leverage columns are going to help you make those decisions. All right. Good questions there. And 
Next question here from Kokomo. Kokomo said, when attempting to build a custom field build for contest sims, what is the best approach? I have tried matching ownership to exposure, but the builder returns really funky stack exposures. For example, only two teams returned as five stacks and represented 2% of the build would be better to use the traditional optimizer for this. Uh, good question here. So I think that, you know, if you're having issues getting to the stacks you want, getting to those things, I think that using rules is going to help you, right? Uh, for building these custom field field lineups here you're gonna have to massage the builder a little bit to really get it to give you what you want so coming in here setting just like a blanket stack rule right maybe i want to go to lineup rules and i want to add a rule that says you know stack at least four players from a team so at least gives you the option for four or five here right um so you can do that you can save that rule That'll get you halfway there, right? Maybe you increase the correlation slider to get more of those big stacks here and then use these things in combination with your match exposure to ownership. But what I would also recommend to you guys is to just know that you're going to have to, uh, the, the reason you are building this custom field, right, is because you think that you can build a better field than what SaberSim has. So SaberSim's, you know, natural inputs we're not meeting your expectation. So be prepared to do more work in the field lineups when trying to get them to look like what you picture in your head. So, uh, you know, don't, it, it's okay for your field lineups to not look like what you wanted them to look like in your first iteration of trying to build them. So, uh, you know, kind of going back to build, review, revise, like build your lineups, look at them, uh, you know, go and add any additional, uh, rules or groups or, you know, minimax exposure changes that you need to, to get it to look like what you want. And you might have to go through that iteration a couple times, but that's okay. I think that's really part of the process for building custom field ownership in general. All right. Next question here. And we are down to two questions here in the office hours channel. And then we'll be jumping over to the YouTube chat. Uh, so this question says, what are some of the metrics slash measures you look for when determining if your process is dialed in or not with a super high variance DFS provides, it can be tough to know if you're on the right track. I tend to break even most slates or turn a small profit, but I've been playing for years and never binked. What do you know? When do you know it is time to change the process? Okay. Great question here. So um, the best thing that, or one of the easiest things here to do is look at your top 1% equity here. So basically what you're doing is, DFS is very top heavy payout structures, right? The, the most of the money is it, it, it doesn't scale linearly, right? It kind of, you have these multipliers, these big pay jumps, right? So that's because, you know, 33% of the pay, price pool is going to first, uh, 25% of the price pool is going to first, right? So you really need those, those, uh, binks, those top, you know, three, uh, positions to really last in the DFS ecosystem, right? So one of the easiest ways to look at that is to look at how are you finishing at the top ranges of a contest. So that would be top 1%, top 0.5%, top 0.1%. And the easiest way, it is a paid service uh, as a disclaimer, but Roto Tracker is going to be one of the best ways to do that here. You can pull up a graph and you can see, hey, you know, um, I am finishing, I am putting more than my fair share of lineups into the top 1% of a contest. So if you played a single if, a, if you played a 100-man single-entry contest, an average player would win the contest one out of 100 times, right? So you would be putting 1% of your lineups into the top 1%, which would be break-even, right? If, if the contest had no rake. 
But what happens is that some players can have a skill advantage and can win more often than other players. So maybe they're putting in, they're winning the contest uh, one and a half times as frequent as the average player. Well, now that player has an edge, right? And so you can look at those metrics to determine, you know, am I getting my fair share of lineups in the into the top 1%? Am I getting more than my fair share of lineups in the, into the top 1%? You also have to remember that these contests are usually raked around 15%. So, so in order to be break even, you don't need to get 1% into the top 1%. You need to get 1.15% of your lineups into the top 1% just to break even, right? Because you have to now beat the rake. So when you say that, hey, you know, I've turned a small profit, but but not a huge one. Well, that means that you're a winning player, right? You are beating the rake. Maybe you are putting 1.2% of your lineups into the top 1%. Well, now, you know, you're trying to figure out how do I make that next step to make those profit margins bigger, right? So I think that some analysis like that would be a great start. I believe they do have like a trial version where you can, add up to 750 contests for free. And then er anything beyond that, you will need to uh, pay for the service, but check that out. I think that's a great option here. If you're looking to do some of that analysis. All right. Last question in the discord here from MP question says, has Saberson considered adding non-traditional DFS contest slates for underdog NFL weekly draft formats with underdog being draft style and no salary constraints. It feels like there could be an edge in going against weekly chalk, but would be nice to test that theory with contest sims. Okay, great question. So at the moment, I do not believe that we are planning on supporting any type of underdog format. Um, what I have heard anecdotally here from people who use Saber Sim and play best ball or play these weekly formats is they will basically use the Saber Sim projections as like ADP and and, and draft based on like highest projection to lowest projection. So a lot of people, you know, on like a, on like their battle Royale or weekly format are just, you know, going in and, and drafting. I don't know how they're drafting or what rankings they're using, but you're going to basically use the projections as rankings and then, and then draft based on that. So that's one way I've heard of how to use it. I don't play myself and, and I don't, th I think that, you know, our specialty is these drop is these daily fantasy sports and not some of the underdog draft formats at the moment. All right, jumping over to the YouTube chat. First question says, can you explain what Sim Optimals means? Great question here. So what Sim Optimals is, and this will probably be better to look at a showdown, uh, like NFL showdown here. So if I go back to yesterday's NFL showdown between Seattle and the Giants here, and we'll just wait for the builder to load, load that slate up. So what you're going to notice if you go to the settings for this slate is that the sliders are on zero correlation, 10 SIM diversity. SIM optimals is a summary statistic that only shows up when SIM diversity is at 10. And the reason for that is that SIM diversity 10, what we are doing is we have a database of thousands of simulations of this game. We are going and plucking an individual SIM we are playing that sim out play by play, and then we are building the best lineup under the salary cap for that sim. And then we are putting that lineup into your pool. What can happen when you do that is the same group of players can be optimal more than one time, the same combination of six players. So we can't, we're not going to put the same lineup into your pool more than once, but what we do is we tally that information. So we say, Hey, you know, this lineup showed up 
two times. This lineup showed up three times. And then we use that information as part of our single game Sabre score lineup grading metric. And we use that to grade your lineups to show you, hey, you know, you want to play this lineup. It came up in the Sims a lot more often. Therefore, the win probability, uh, we believe, is higher, right? So when I run this build here, I'm going to see, excuse me, this top lineup has Sim optimals of three. So that means that the lineup showed up three times. If you ran a build for like an NFL classic slate, chances are that the uh, sliders are not going to be at, at Sim Diversity 10. So you're not going to get this metric. And then even then on a huge, you know, 12, 13 game classic slate, the same group of players is most likely not going to show up more than once here. Uh, much more useful for showdown or any six player format, you know, Formula One, NASCAR, a couple sports that come to mind here. All right. BR said, does Sabersim factor in starters being used as relievers during the playoffs, or is that something I should adjust for? Uh, I think this is a very good question. And what I would say is that, you know, our models are using data from the season. And I think that a hand in the dirt approach is probably going to help you out a lot here. So like, for instance, we could look at this, right? So let's say I want to go, uh, I don't know what happened here. I'm just going to open up a new workspace. So let's just go to a new workspace here. So say I'm going to filter for Tampa Bay. I'm going to go look at the pitchers here. So it looks like we're using uh, Tyler Glasnow as a starter. And then we have a bunch of relief pitchers lined up here. So no starters really being projected here. I would say that if you have a read from like a beat writer or, or a coach speak or something that, hey, you know, we're going to open with glass now. And then we're, uh, we, we have, you know, one of these other players available, maybe like Josh Fleming or something like that. We're going to pick up on that sometimes, but not a ton. And the reason that we're not going to pick up on it on a ton is because it's not for certain that that player is going to pitch. Like if they say, Hey, we are opening with glass now. And then, you know, so-and-so is coming in behind them. Then that, that very, you know, firm report we will project. But some of these reports that are a little uh, more flimsy, a little more not so certain. We don't want to. We don't want to project players and then them not pitch, and then users get players with zero get get zeros in their lineup based on something that a coach said that might not have been true. So that's kind of why we don't do it. So if you have a read on that and you're not seeing that reflected in the projections, I would manually make that adjustment and then just uh, be okay assuming that risk. So that is what I would say. Ryan said, good to have you back, Andrew. Thanks, man. Jordan yesterday said the Saberson model for MLB doesn't know the difference between postseason and regular season. How would you approach pinch hitter risk in your builds? Uh, so good question here. Uh, kind of similar to the last question that we just had. So he's right. And, and I kind of reiterated that here. So what I would say is that pinch hitter risk. So in general, we know how often teams pinch hit. And we do account for that in the Sims here. I remember uh, I, I did a show with True DFS, one of our partners, and they had asked about pinch hitter risk. So we know that, hey, you know, the Giants pinch hit more than other teams. And then that gets kind of worked into the build. I think that in the postseason, that gets exemplified even further here. Uh, so I would say that, you know, this is another time where you can have a hand in the dirt approach here. So what I would say is that understand who are the players that are most likely to not be uh, accounted, not, not to be pinch hit for. Like I highly doubt that, you know, 
Uh, Corey Seager is going to be pinch hit for. I highly doubt Marcus Semyon is going to be pinch hit for. I highly doubt Vlad Jr. would be pinch hit for, right? So understand the guys that are more likely and less likely to be pinch hit for. I could definitely see, you know, Alejandro Kirk being pinch hit for by Danny Jansen, right? And they have like a little bit of a platoon with the Toronto catchers. So what I would do is go through these lineups. The good thing is that there's not a ton of teams here. You can make some notes about guys that you think have a higher pinch hit risk. And then you can just make sure to watch your exposure after your lineups are built to those individual players. So if you run a build and then you go into your exposures, you see that, oh, hey, I'm getting a ton of Alejandro Kirk. I think that there's a risk that Danny Jansen pitch hits for him. Maybe I want to lower my exposure to that play, right? And you just kind of handle that on a player-by-player basis. But I think with the smaller slates here, you should be able to have a little bit more of that fine-tuned approach in your exposures. All right, another question from Ryan. College basketball liquidity is not great for regular season. No need to release them soon. Sabershim should release any college basketball sims right before March Madness when you have good contests. Uh, so interesting, you know, kind of a uh, game theory approach, right, and releasing it right before. So I, I'm sure the team is definitely thinking about these things and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll release them when we're ready for sure. All right, couple more questions here in the YouTube chat. So if you guys have any last questions that you want to get answered, now is a good time to do that. Uh, Viral Video said, thank you, sir. Uh, happy to help you out there with the response to your question. And uh, Hobby Hall, just really quickly here, man, I know that uh, Jordan is, is handling communication with you on that front. And then Sal said, do you monitor your Sims' actual outcomes? I have noticed that the actual winning lineups are typically – a negative saber sim ROI or risk adjusted ROI. So, so what I could say here is that you know we are definitely you know back testing our sim results and seeing how everything works out. I think it gets a little tricky here, right? So, uh, a really good example I heard Ben say from Saber Sim in the Discord here recently was that you know if you if you guys are familiar with poker, uh, maybe there is a time where you decide to fold because you you know from your poker experience and from playing that hey you know you, you, more often than not when you play this hand in this position and you call the raise you're going to lose more often than not right and then you know maybe you flop a straight maybe you flop three of a kind well now you know you're kind of kicking yourself like oh i would have won it's like well just because you would have won doesn't make that play any any better or worse right like the math is the math the math said that if you were to play this handout a hundred thousand times that on average you would lose money, right? But that doesn't mean that you will never win. It just means that over the long term, you're going to lose more than you win. Um, so, so equating it to that, you know, just because a lineup is negative SIM ROI doesn't mean it's never going to win, right? But if you were to play it out, you know, a hundred thousand times, it's going to lose more than it wins, right? So the problem is that, you know, although we're simming this these lineups in this contest sim a hundred thousand times slate only plays one time and you don't know where that's going to fall on the spectrum. So the best thing that we can do is to just play the plays that mathematically that theoretically here uh, do the best over the long term and try and win over the long term. Right. So uh, you know, what I've heard the best players say is that I don't know what day I'm going to win on. I just know from, back testing my results from looking at my top 1% equity like we talked about that I have the expectation of winning over the long term here. So what day that comes on is kind of lucky, but but 
it is a skill-based game and I, I've proven that I'm a long-term winner here, right? So kind of just uh, sticking with some of those principles here, uh, you know, we have a great video on our YouTube channel. What does variance look like after a hundred sleeps is a demo that Jordan did uh, back when he was hosting office hours where he was basically doing season um, simulations and showing that, Hey, a winning player can have losing seasons. And I think that a lot of people can benefit from watching that video. So just go to our YouTube channel, type in variance, and then that video should pop right up. If you're looking to uh, see that example here. And then last question at the moment from Ricky said, how do I target specific stacks in MLB? I boosted my ownership and now I feel like I'm forcing my narrative. Uh, so a couple of things you can do here is what I would say is if there is a specific stack that you want, maybe you always want to play a five, two or a five, three stack in baseball setting two stacking rules is a way to go here. So what you do is your first stacking rule says, Hey, you know, stack, five players here, right? And I'm just going to change the name of this because the name will not automatically update. And then what I could say is maybe I don't want five one one ones, right? So what I can do it. I guess I had a second stacking rule that says stack at least two. So then now I know I'm always going to get a five, two or a five, three here. So this is one way to do it, right? Another way you can do it is to uh, go into your stack exposures and then only check the stacks that you want. This way is a little different. And, and a lot of people have trouble kind of comprehending this, which is why I suggest the rules first. But basically when you go into your stack exposure and you uncheck all stacks, except for these two, you are not telling SaberSim, this is not a rule. This is a filter. So the difference is that when you set a rule, you're saying, hey, this lineup must have five players and then two players. And then SaberSim is going to account for that earlier in the lineup building process. When you uncheck stack types, what you are saying is that, hey, I only want lineups with these stacks to get into my pool. So SaberSim still builds whatever lineups it wants. And then at this last step before going into your pool, SaberSim checks, hey, is this a correct stack type? Oh, no, it's not. It just uh, basically discards that lineup and waits for more lineups to be built. So if you have kind of odd... Uh, stack types that aren't coming up very frequently. SaberSim can just sit there and trash lineups and trash lineups and trash lineups. And then it basically, uh, the the builder has like a timer where, hey, you know, you've reached a certain point in your uh, time to create this pool. Just give the user however many lineups you've created. And then you might not get a full pool. You might not have very many, many lineups to work with. So I always suggest using lineup rules before unchecking stacks in the stack types. All right, uh, Sal said, one more. Does it pay to run the sim on a late swap, assuming it is running against the current pool, which is very small? Uh, so I don't think that, you know, running a contest sim in late swap is a huge value add at the moment, mostly because we're not pulling in live ownership and we are, uh, the builders is not using the actual scores of the players, right? So it's still going to use the projected score that the player had when the sim started. So it's not using updating live ownership or live actual scores. I think when the builder gets to that point, then yes, using contest sims with late swap will come in handy. But for now, I would I would I would really suggest using Saber score or even projected points in your late swap to know that you're getting some of the quote unquote like best lineups with with those uh late swaps that you run. But really good question there. All right, we are all caught up with questions uh, in both the Office Hours channel and the Discord. Appreciate everybody tuning in. I'm very happy to be back doing the show. 
with you guys. We'll be right back here tomorrow, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern for our next show. If you guys are building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the Office Hours channel in Discord. Drop it in the upcoming stream. Uh, upcoming stream on the YouTube channel gets us a steady queue of questions to get started with for our next show. But until then, take care. Good luck. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.